Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got nards. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. They're all gonna laugh at you. You're listening to the Jersey Girls. Werewolves. Werewolves. Welcome to our Werewolf episode. <laughs> hey, everybody. What's up? Ow! <laughs> Perfect. And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. That's right. And if you didn't get it from Nate's wonderful hint, tonight we're here to talk about Velvolves. I hope it wasn't too subtle. No. No, I don't. No, no with, with the full moon beaming through the windows. That's right. Nate is howling. And if uh, actually, you, if anybody hears a werewolf, it is definitely you because you need a fucking haircut. Oh, you Don't definitely <laughs> have the most luxurious <laughs> locks of the, at the table. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, Pantene. Oh, that's <laughs> so, so silky smooth. <laughs> and you know what? He probably doesn't have a single fucking split end because that's no, just like life that's of dudes. right. That's my right. That's no, my hair felt super shitty today, so I washed it with like twelve different types of hair things. It looks. <laughs> Very soft. No, it does. Today. It truly does look. You nice. should try washing it more often. <laughs> it looks good. <laughs> Just kidding, JK. <laughs> Ooh, I got a dirty look. You did. <laughs> All right. So we are here tonight to talk about one of my least favorite horror subjects, but nevertheless one that's interesting. Like never, I've never been a big werewolf person. No, no. I, I mean, it's it's like super hit or miss. I don't know why. True. I don't know why it's werewolf specifically so hit or miss, but. I think it for me, I like it simply because it falls into the monster category and supernatural, and yeah. that's that's my jam. So makes sense, yeah. makes sense. But tonight, I think I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say we're talking about two relatively decent uh, additions to the werewolf canon. Absolutely, yeah. we're going to be talking about the Howling. Uh, what year was that? 1981, the okay. best year ever in the world. Yeah. Because we the, were born. When Correct. the most important yes. people were born. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> um, so we're going to be talking about 1981's The Howling, and we're going to be talking about Ginger Snaps from the year 2000. From the, year from the 2000. millennium. From the millennium. <laughs> from the Y2K. That's right. The year 2000. <laughs> so um, why don't we start off with uh, The Howling? Yeah, sounds good. Um, I'll be the first to admit that I feel like I maybe should have my horror card taken away. I've never, I've never seen this movie in its entirety. This was honestly my first start to finish viewing of The Howling. Uh, what? Because me too. Yeah. I thought this was like a majorly popular. Like we really should have seen it, being as big as th- horror I fans think that it we is. are. I mean, I think, and I'll admit, I, this is my first straight <coughs> like start to finish. I've yeah. always like acted. This is one of those ones where I will totally pretend in the right crowd that I've seen it, and I secretly <laughs> totally hadn't all Did the way. I knew about it. Mm-hmm. I knew about it from just, you know, reading and such. But, I mean, it came out in 1981. So, when I was a kid, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a reason why I didn't see it. And there's really no reason. Yeah. I like Joe Dante. I like horror movies. You know, like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I love D. Wallace and the Carradines, so. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just something. I don't know. This movie's strange, though. It does, and it has a very, I, I mean, obviously, because it's the 81, it has such a 70s aesthetic to it, which I, I liked a lot. Yeah. Like, I thought the way it portrayed the city reminded me of, like, Taxi Driver, just this gritty, slummy, slimy film. I, I dug it. I dug that kind of, like, uh, greeny filmmaking of those early 80s horror. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, Jackie, you want to get us a quick little? Yeah, we'll do a little. Uh, a little we'll synopsis. do a little back of the box synopsis. Is that yeah. we have Karen, who is a news reporter, a pretty well-known news reporter, uh, is in cahoots with the police to help catch a serial killer, and it succeeds. It works. They catch the serial killer. They kill him. But the events of his capture has left her with some pretty extreme PTSD. So she gets sent away to a place called the Colony. And she can kind of rest and recuperate and kind of get herself back on track. Um, unfortunately, some weird things keep happening happening at the Colony. And spoiler alert, everybody at the Colony are all werewolves. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I love about this film is that I thought it packed in a lot of really shocking, I know, but the themes that it played with <laughs> were mm-hmm. really good and were so relevant for today, like today's times, too. I, th- I thought that they were actually going for, I th- there was a lot of problems with cults in the late 70s, and yeah. I was I kept getting that kind of vibe off of this movie, too. That's a good call, about yeah. Like, about like, uh, like people trying to rescue people from cults and that kind of, you know. Yeah, and how susceptible people were to these, like, weird retreat-like places because Mm -hmm. of how, like, grim and scary the world was in the late 70s. Mm Kind of reminds you of today. Like, if somebody were like, hey, come to the desert. I'll make it all go away. I would think about it because that's how miserable I am with what's going on in our life today. Um, All right, so let's – I think I want to start off, if it's okay with you guys, with talking about – the beginning and how I felt like the one thing, my one gripe about this film is that it's uneven in that there's really cool, really good, crazy scenes. And then it's like snooze fest for a while. And then it's really good. Yeah, absolutely. For me, the movie started with, it was like, in like, you know, you start watching the movie, it was instant. Oh my God. And then instant disappointment because I thought the, the lead actor, um, Karen's husband. Mm-hmm. I thought that was Tom Atkins from Halloween Three. Oh my God, me too. For a while, but it's not. I googled. I um, googled it. It's not. But it actually, it turned out to be D. Wallace's late husband. Oh no way! Yeah, no, they were married. Yeah. They were actually in a couple movies together. But I thought it was Tom Atkins from Halloween Three, and then I just sat there and sang um, the Shamrock song you guys, for like the first couple minutes. You guys are the yeah. only ones that would be excited to see Tom Atkins in a movie. I could give you a <laughs> list of Tom Atkins <laughs> movies and be like, oh, never mind. I don't want to watch any of these. Aww. Are you kidding me? Night of the Creeps. Oh my God. I mean, he's been in some good movies. He's but definitely, he's but no. So it wasn't him. So I, I was instantly disappointed. Um, no, infe- no, no, no offense. R.I.P. To the guy, I don't remember what his name was. Yeah, he, he no. died. So um, it also <laughs> made me like really realize just how much of like an underappreciated scream queen D. Wallace really is. Because when you look at her canon, and ironically, she's in another movie that we're going to deal with soon, but she's been in a shit ton of horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, nope, she never is the first name to jump into people's heads when we talk about, like, strong females in horror. Yeah. And her character, like, holds her own in this movie. Like, I give her I give her credit. I mean, her PTSD is a little ridiculous. Yeah. But other than that, like, she, I feel like, it, for, for the record, I think this film is very guilty of having the total male gaze, like, it, to ad nauseum. But not so bad as, like, the 80s films we're used to watching. Right. Um, I actually think it, it kind of uses violence against women and empowering women to c- commit violence later on in the film as a very kind of interesting juxtaposition about the idea of, like, control and power and all that stuff. But um, the first thing I want to talk about is what this film is saying about the media, because that's shit's fascinating. But, I mean, should we save that till the end? No, bring it on. You think so? Yeah, let's talk. Okay, so um, I think we're in a time right now where the media is being – there's two thoughts, right? The media is the enemy, and the media is the victim. And I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle of all that, if I can be so bold. I think that mm-hmm. the media is guilty of perpetuating the problems in our society, but I also think that this witch hunt against the media is deeply problematic and deeply speaks to, like, fascist ideology. Um, and in this film, like, the media is part of the problem. Yeah. So I think that this film makes us kind of face-to-face with this idea that, like, you know, violence sells, gore sells. They take this woman and they use her as bait to make their ratings. That's crazy. And it's <laughs> sickening, right? Like, it's it's absolutely disgusting. And the fact that her own husband is is in on it and, the, and she's willing to do it just because she wants the ratings and she wants her fame. And it's like, it's such a condemnation of our society that we are so fucking obsessed with watching the world burn and that that's what sells. And, like, it's gotten to the point where, like, I, I get ill turning 
turning on like local news. Like I don't know about you guys, but I won't watch like local shit fucker news. That's what I call it. I don't know if that's <laughs> the name, but like I read the New York Times every day. I, I'm very interested in what's going on in the world, but I fucking hate the sensationalization. Sensationalization. Yeah, yeah, I said that right. Of of fucking violence in our society and these people trying to make a buck and make a name off of misfortune. And you see, I feel like I'm on the other end of that spectrum where in general, I I don't know, I feel like I don't know where to get my news because I feel like if the one news outlet is all the way far right and the other news outlet is all the way far left and there are just, in this day and age and with technology, so many ways to get news out there. Like just for example, you know, you scroll through Facebook and you see an article proclaiming something for the far left or something for the far right and then you look at what the you know the website is called and the website is called you know like fuck the left or fuck the right you know it's like <laughs> no, seriously it's like it's so hard to trust where your source of news is coming from to actually get factual news and not somebody's opinion weaved through possible fact do you know what i mean i and, mean and, God. Uh, that's like impossible to avoid though you know, I, I feel like it, I, I understand that, but I feel like it's worse now in the, you know, we'll, we'll call it like the last 20, 15 years that we have been like actual participating adults in the world. I feel like this is the worst time for like you can't you can't trust a news source. And I feel like at the risk of sounding crazy and conspiratory here, I think that's what they want us to think. Mm-hmm. I think that part of how they're deconstructing our ability to get real information is by slandering good media. Good media exists and and it's out there to to give us unbiased information, but because of fucking internet and fucking social media and all that other bullshit and and all of the problems going on, I mean, I think that that they want us to distrust the media. I think we're at a point where we have to like kind of defend them because they're under attack both metaphorically and literally if you read the news from yesterday I mean another shoot and like I I personally hold certain people directly responsible for what happened yesterday because they are calling for violence and calling for you know hatred towards the media and so I think that it's more important than ever to find what you like and trust it and and, and right. violently defend it whether it's the fucking weekly world dum dum or Fox News or whatever it is we have to keep the information flowing. Like, that's priority number one. Right? I mean... Yeah. So, but in this movie, they're basically condemning how fucking obsessed we all are with violence. And the ending scene to me is like the icing on the cake of that theme. Because she gets on the news and turns into a fucking werewolf. Like, she was bitten and she fucking transforms on the news. And nobody blinks. And then people are like... And then she gets shot. And then she gets shot and killed, yeah. And then nobody, bl- and then they just like turn to a commercial, and it's such a fucking. No one, beautiful no one scene. believes it. Everyone's like, "Oh, special effects are crazy now." It's like, "Don't what?" We wouldn't believe it either. I, I fucking totally would believe it. No, you would not. If 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 in 1981 a woman turned into a werewolf during the news during a news broadcast, I would be inclined to believe that, because how would you be able to pull that shit off without like cutting or like you know choosing very specific angles, but, like, I don't know. I'd be like, holy shit, especially since crazy stuff like that happened a lot more back then on TV. Yeah, yeah, they were really, I mean, this was really the start of the over, like, our our voyeuristic obsession with seeing the violence. Nowadays, with, like, fucking YouTube and all that, I am floored when I'm watching the news and they show a death, and I know that that makes me just, like, old school and, like, I'm clutching my pearls over here, but, like, fuck, they just really do just show anything now. Even on Facebook, when people are showing viral videos of children fighting in school, like, somebody, like, students beating the shit out of each other. This is why I try and distance myself from all of that as much as possible. Seriously. And just try and concentrate because I think something that we're losing, you know, as we're becoming more technologically advanced, as we can reach more people, more like, more easily, we're starting to lose our humanity a bit. A hundred percent. And our connections to actual human beings because we're all, like, very... We're all a bunch of ideas, like, you know, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Like, none of us are, like, these, like ideologues like perfect like oh this is perfect liberal man and this is perfect concert none of that shit exists and we're forgetting that and i feel like i don't know you can you can tell like who you want to be in your life and who's important 
but you need to like give them a chance and you need to you need to like talk to them and 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 treat them like human beings you know it's i don't know it's rough now everyone's getting sorted yeah, into bins I think and I've, stuff i think you know? i've lost my civility in that arena, mm-hmm. which scares me. I mean, I've never considered myself to be someone who's desensitized. I've never considered myself someone who's willing to, you know, draw lines in the sand based on politics. But for the first time in my life this week, I literally defriended anyone who posted rhetoric that was for the illegal immigration policies and for violence against other human beings. Literally, to the point where I was like, defriend, defriend, defriend. Because I'm at a point now where I firmly believe in my heart of hearts that this is going to be a turning point in American history and the time for civility is slowly fading away. And it scares me. It scares me that I feel this oh, way. Yeah. You know, I not to turn this into a political podcast. Well, but no, but I think we've know. we've had this discussion before and I don't remember if it was during a podcast or if it was just after when we were kind of just BSing and cleaning up. But how, like, in like at this point, you're you you know like there's I don't know how to say it like you're left or you're right you know and it's like you c- there's no there's no way for most people I'm not gonna say everybody but there's no way for most people to say something either for or against Trump and have there be any sort of civil conversation afterwards yeah no mm-hmm. you might be right and you that's know? a scary place to yeah. be and in, it's like in it's our history so we are so fucking divided that it's 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 black and white but because to me you either like Love Trump or you hate Trump. But it's not like the most the most like resonant thing I saw this week was we don't have a difference in politics or opinion. We have a difference in morality. Yeah. Like there are the racist, aggressive, white supremacists and then there's the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And to me, there's no other divide that matters at this point. Right. It doesn't. It, to me, it's not about fucking Trump. It's not about the fucking politics. It's about there's the right, like there's correct right and wrong for morality and human rights. And and that's it. Like it's, it's evolved past that. And now we are in a, a moment where casual racism and aggressive, like we have been condemned by the United Nations for crimes against humanity. We as a country. So to me, this isn't about politics anymore. This is about you're either you're either with us or you're against us. You're either the person that's going to fight for the rights of other humans or you're not. Mm-hmm. You believe yourself better than everybody else or you don't. And that's where we're at. And I'll cut this all out, but I'm <laughs> just saying. Like, no, it's okay. Just watching like these old movies, it just makes me nostalgic for those times when you could just forget, like say, fuck all of that shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I, hate, I, I don't think we're, we can anymore. We can't do that no. anymore. Every, you can't every, hide every, every day anymore. you're bombarded with so yeah. much information. You and, know and so much about every single person in your life every single day. Like it's impossible to treat a lot of people like like a human being anymore. When you know, I'm sure that my grandmother, you know, when I was a kid, had would probably have some opinions that would make me dislike her very, very much. But since she was my grandmother, I only uh, like knew her on one level, and that was the only level that I could ever fucking know her on because there was not a, a giant sounding board for every single asshole in the fucking world <laughs> <laughs> to say this is my fucking stand on this you know what i mean so i don't know it's just it's it's rough just and watching I, people using telephones and stuff i'm like oh, talking people talking to oh, other the- people <laughs> over the telephone that's that that happens that's so cute remember when that happened but let's yes. start let's go back to talking about the fucking <sighs> movie so, now so, that I've so how about driving out. while you hold your girlfriend in a headlock? What's that all about? Oh, that was cute because they had they didn't have bucket seats. They had the bench seats. So when he was driving her to her little crazy colony, I thought colony, he was gonna be like. Mm. I thought <laughs> I know. That's, you know bench seats for roadhead man. Like that's the way it goes. It looked, they were dan- just, it looked dangerous to me. That's they, all I'm saying. They they look they were just snoogling. That's all. <laughs> they were snoogly driving in with bench seats. I really liked when the uh, the whole I don't know if you guys caught this, but like on the news in the background while all the stuff was happening, they were talking about like repression is the father of neurosis and how like if we don't get give in to our natural instincts we will we, we become repressed in that like when we deny the beast the beast finds a way i thought that was a cool theme to like tie to this idea of werewolves mm-hmm. being like this more primitive version of ourselves like mm. i mean i don't know i think we're in a pretty repressed society right are we i don't 
Not as much anymore. Yeah. Not as much as we have now that we have a playground where we where we can let our kids just go fucking nuts. That would be the internet, right? Yeah. Okay. Good. Just so check. Now, now that we now that we have the internet, like there is no like that's where your werewolf comes out. Yeah. yeah. I gotta find a better way to the use internet. the internet because like I, it's I, never. I just don't really use it. Yeah. Just for it, porn. Yeah. Oh wait. <laughs> wait oh, no? just me. What? No. Um, I literally feel like I use the internet like like a bambino. Like I'm like social media, Google, read the newspaper, d- close. Like I want to no. go visit. Can I visit the dark web? Like what? No. Please no. Don't. No. Should I not go? You're I want to go. Gonna. I want to go. You guys. Like, Here we go. Like don't even use Facebook. Don't oh, even use no. Facebook. Any anywhere. You shouldn't be. Here's the thing. You should treat the internet like an encyclopedia. And you should just not Google stuff. <laughs> you should you should not stand, use social media. <laughs> stand on I it to reach the stuff on the top shelf. <laughs> Sell it from door to door. Just 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 always always give always give social media that side eye. Like all right all right I don't you know I think you're trying to say something. But I don't think this is honestly what you think or or would do in real life. I don't know. Yeah, it's like I feel like when I'm on social media, it's like we're we're taught we're having a meaningful conversation in the back of the car, and social media is slowly going to grab for my boob. That's the way <laughs> I feel when I'm on social media. Like I oh know yeah. they're going to do something dirty any second now, and it makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do I do think though that we still have this kind of weird neurosis that comes from. I do subscribe to like Freudian beliefs about like, you know, suppressing ourselves too much and what that does for us. All right, you have to choose. You die or you become a werewolf. Werewolf. What kind of werewolf? Like the werewolf a howling in this werewolf. movie? Yeah. Oh yeah, totally, a hundred percent. Yeah. Because they have complete autonomy over their werewolfness. In this in this movie, yeah. they're not controlled by the cycle of the moon. Yep. They don't turn into a wild animal. They can't think. There's a there's a point where where <laughs> where Robert Picardo, that's his name, right? Yeah, Eddie. <laughs> where he's the full on werewolf, and someone's going through files, and he just takes yeah. the files, like, <laughs> no, don't mess with my filing system. <laughs> so you have complete, like, your brain doesn't go like crazy or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it true. seems like a complete, complete departure from like American Werewolf, where mm-hmm. you right, know, like how they say, like, like you know. You are an animal, like you know, you can't think. You would bite your best friend, right. kind of thing. Yeah, no, I I agree completely. In this one, you're in total control. You don't need to rely on the moon to change. You mm-hmm. get to go through a pretty interesting transformation scene. It seems like there's a lot of. Oh my sex. god, she's you'd like be, a cute little werewolf. When right, she she's adorable. She's adorable. You'd be you'd be uh, you'd be crazier. You'd be a crazier bit. for sure because you could turn to an animal and just rip people bit. to shreds, but. You know. I mean, it's better than I don't know. It's not the same. It it's not the same as like now. completely losing your humanity. You know, you become like a new thing in in, in the Halloween lore. You okay, be- so I'm gonna say something crazy. I think what? having control over my werewolf tendencies would make me lose my humanity quicker than being like one that's just susceptible to the moon and has no control. Because I think that having that kind of power, having that kind of ability to f- just fucking demolish people and control people around me and all that other shit would would make me lose my i'm more afraid of having this power that i control than of having a power like like lock me up in a cage every fucking full moon and we'll call it a day no, but all you need to do is find like an old romani lady that will put a curse Ooh, on you <laughs> good point and then Touché. i mean you might be tortured for yep, the rest of your life yep. but at least you won't like kill someone and not feel guilty about it that's true so that's exactly um, also, I'm just going to throw this out there. When they first get there, you see a party like that going on and you fucking stay. I would have been like, I'm out of here like my three note, seconds into that fucking party. My note is welcome to the makeout hoedown. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, like, it was the worst so music. Weird. It was yes. the worst music. And the fucking shadows and dancing and the fucking, what is up with that fucking party? Oh no. I don't know, but I think this is going to be the part of the podcast where I point out that, um... All three of us wrote a very specific note because for just a very brief second, somebody was mentioned in this movie. It's not talk. It's a one second. Who who was it, Nate? Who Nate was Nate. it Wolfman Jack? <laughs> it sure was. Coming at you in the telephone. I was so Radio. excited. I don't know what I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> My note is Wolfman Jack. Hit it, Nate. Mine oh, is yeah. Nate with a bunch of A's. Wolfman Jack with a star on it. <laughs> I was, if any werewolf movie I see now, if they don't mention Werewolf Jack and it was made before, let's say 1990, yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. And they have failed. Absolutely. They have failed uh, yeah. as a film creator not mentioning Wolfman Jack and a wolf movie, werewolf movie. Agreed. So, Joe Dante, you did it. You passed. Yeah, good job. Yeah. 
But I, I never really doubted well Joe Dante. Well no. Done. Why would you? Um, what are you, a monster? What are you, a werewolf? What are you, a wolf? <laughs> so I want that occult bookshop to be real, mm-hmm. and I want it to be in my town. Oh, my God, me too. And I want Mr. Futterman to be the one that owns it so I can go in and visit Mr. Futterman in the occult bookshop every day. I was, uh, I was starting to get upset because it was like a half an hour into the movie, and I was like, where's Dick Miller? <laughs> I was like, this is a Joe Dante movie, and I haven't seen Dick Miller, and this movie's been on for 30 minutes, and when he shows up, and he's being all salty, and he's yelling at people for touching books, I was like, that was how I felt at work that day. <laughs> like, put that down. You're going to get it all greasy. I absolutely loved that at the end when they showed him mm-hmm. and he was like, ah, shit. When he was watching like the thing, because he basically was like, I sell this shit because people are stupid. Like he, <laughs> like he was so like he was such a great anti-typical creepy old bookstore owner. Like he was like, I'm just fucking making a buck. Like I don't believe in any of this shit. It was, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, I thought it was a really well done character. Um, shit. You guys, anything else on the house? Oh, I got a ton more. Oh, good. Oh yeah. man, uh, the one one thing I like uh, the one there's one scene where uh, Dee's uh, boyfriend goes and he bangs the, the werewolf lady. Fucking and, asshole. And it's playing like this romantic music. I was like, this is uh, not no. Right, and it was really long. It was really long. Ooh. Why was it playing that music though? Because it was playing like the sweet like seventies like love story, yeah. like music. I was like, no, this is no. You shouldn't. Right, you shouldn't be getting a into this. Moment, like, oh, right. you should be like, ew. What? Stop fucking do that. What are you doing? That he like blames her because she's PTSD and doesn't want to have sex with him because it triggers her fucking terrible memories. What a fucking asshole it, he is. Listen, I, I I don't think it's his fault though. Because, uh, what? Because he was already being turned into a werewolf. And I think that was just his animal instincts taking over. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Think, he had been bitten by his, then. I don't think it was his, oh, I think he gets an ad on this dick. one. I'm, I'm sorry. Super, <laughs> yeah, but see what I mean about, like, even though you have control, you're still turning into a fucking asshole? Yeah. See? that's mm-hmm. not. So before you guys choose werewolf over death, I'm nope. just saying. <laughs> I'm well, choosing I, death. I will say I'm proud of her in that scene because, you know, he gets aggressive and he hits her. Yeah. And she doesn't back down. She's like, you know what? I'm out. I'm done. Bye. You can have her. I'm done. And yeah. she pieces out. I'm like, yeah, go girl. I think so too. I think yeah. she's a very feminist character for 1981. Um, going back to the two werewolves doing it scene. Yeah. Uh, this is really the first time where we see the werewolf transformation um, in, you know, on the film. Mm-hmm. And I did look into it because they start doing this cool transformation. And then like their full transformation was obviously a cartoon animation. And apparently that was budgetary issues, but they do in later scenes show some cool transformations. Um, a lot of like uh, uh, the air bladders under latex, so mm-hmm. it's like bubbly, bubbly skin, skin and yep. things yeah, like that, the yeah. bleeding fingers. And my first thought was like, this transformation is pretty cool, but it's no Rick Baker transformation. <laughs> so I go on to IMDb to find out who did the makeup for this movie and... Um, yeah, it was Rick Baker. He was a consulting makeup artist on this movie. Whoops. Yeah, uh, and actually, apparently, werewolves are his thing because Rick Baker has six movies to his credit where he's done werewolf makeup, and that's just six movies that have some sort of werewolfy title. There might be others under his belt that don't specifically like have it in the title that it's kind of werewolfy, but I counted six movies that were werewolf, The Howling, American Werewolf in London, The Beast of something, I forget what. So he's a big fan of doing of doing uh, like kind of beasty creatures, and I'm a big fan of Rick Baker, so high five. Hey, if you can do it, then you know, and I'm sure if someone called and was like, oh, you are you did the werewolf makeup for these famous werewolf movies, please do it for us, and it just, you know, yeah, good for him. And he did the howling first, and then he did Yeah, maybe these American were like werewolf. his training wheels. Of Dude, like, they're awesome. You know. Also, the transformation of when, uh, what's her name, Terry, when she's being attacked and she cuts off the one werewolf's hand. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And the werewolf hand that turned back into the human hand. Yep. I, I really, really good. dug that transformation. I wrote down, I wrote down on here, where, where did I write it? I wrote it, uh, sweet bubbly hand transformation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the, uh, the SFX junkie in me also enjoyed the lengthy transformation scenes like they were they were they're pretty they took long their time they did them, yeah. they took their time and, and they were i pretty good i like them I was, yeah. I was a big fan um toward the end the last few notes i have when she's getting away uh with the guy from the tv station and they're in the car and they start firing the gun in the car like i'm pretty sure when you fire a gun in a <laughs> car that close to your head there's going to be some ill effect <laughs> she kept pointing the barrel of that shotgun at her face too i'm like 
you're going to shoot your fucking eye out. <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out, kid. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the last note that I have is, oh snap, twist ending. And I wish, and I think we all agree on this one, that they would have just ended it at... Uh, that, and when she kills herself? When, 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 I he, wish when she dies, yeah. I, I wish that the ending would be, she kill, that she's killed on TV, and then you watch her body like bubble back to human slowly over the course of the... The yeah. few minutes that it takes, you know, for the credits to roll, but instead they cut to this bar scene. They're like, "Oh, the other lady werewolf's still alive," and she looks directly in the camera. And I go, "Fuck you, stupid." Yeah, I didn't. My like notes that here. Ending. This ending is awesome. And then I wrote, "Ah, shit, they ruined it." Yeah, <laughs> and especially for never having seen that ending part. And when they're like, "Hey, lady, how do you want your hamburger?" At the same time, she said it. I said it. Rare. I'm like, that was so stupid and predictable. Agreed. I wish they would have just. Fade to black after after Karen is shot. Yeah. Fade to black. There was yeah. also and like I think it was like Abbott and Costello or something at the end. I don't know. Right on after the at the end of the, the at the end of the credits, they played like an old timey black and white like like a uh, movie clip. Oh really? That's how oh, I don't that, think I stayed for that. Yeah. Maybe Abbott and Costello meet the werewolf. The werewolf. I don't know. The See, I don't know. Maybe. I'm not really know. a pro on, on that era. Yeah, so me neither. But there was like an old timey movie clip after the credits, so I don't know. I, I was impressed with how much, like, no meat, no pun intended, there was to this film. Like, I, I, I tend to feel like one of the, the, the downfalls of werewolf movies is that they tend to be a little vapid. I don't know. I liked that this movie had a lot of layers to it and a lot of thematic yeah, no, relevance. I, th- this movie gave a thumbs up. This is something, yeah. like, this is the kind of movie that, like, I probably won't, like, just randomly pick up. No. But this might be, like, the, you know, like, uh, well, this will fall into, like, the every Halloween, every October rotation now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I don't think I would pick it up, like, in a random July. But in October, I think this is a something that I would, uh, I'd put back on. Yeah. That's good. There's there's some really strong scenes in this movie. I feel like there's a lot where it's like, Meh. yeah, but, for sure. But there there's there's quite a few, at least four or five, really strong scenes that are enough to to I think carry the movie. All right, so we go from 1981 all the way to the bright and glittering year 2000, talking about ginger snaps. Yeah, and and this was one of my picks. <laughs> no <laughs> surprise there, um, because it's fucking awesome. Ginger and Bridget are two weirdly morbid sisters kind of outcast they don't like to be like everybody else they like to be a little bit different and uh ginger is blossoming into a young woman there's a weird correlation with getting your period and turning into a werewolf that i'm not quite totally on board with i'm gonna let marissa explain that one but there's a lot of blood and there's a lot of transformation and there's a lot of metaphor a whole lot and 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 the dude gets his period for the yeah. first time. And there's a boy that gets his period. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a <laughs> lot to unpack in this movie. Holy shit. Yeah. The way that he tra- per, like transforms versus the females is so yeah. fucking it's interesting. Fucking there's just, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't know how. This, this is a werewolf movie um, and period movie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, to me, this is a movie all about duality. So like, and what I mean by that is you have these two sisters who are on very, it turns out very different levels of, of their own life and their own, you know, like coming into their own. And they have this really interesting like suicide pact almost where they're like 16, either we're out by 16 or we're dead. And like they have this obsession with being morbid and different. And the irony is, is that once Ginger gets bitten or gets her period, if you will, and I will, because they're both the curse in this movie. There's a duality there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, they, <laughs> She literally just wants to fit in. She loves the fucking attention. and love. So I think there's this theme that, like, we all have this, like, duality of, you know, child versus adult, uh, fitting in, wanting to fit in versus wanting to be the rebel. Um, you know, like, I, I don't know. There's just so much double meaning in this movie, male versus female, all that good stuff. But, like, yeah, the, the so the... They basically refer to her getting her period as her curse, which is deeply ironic because she's also now a werewolf. I think it. I think that what this film is ultimately trying to say, and you guys jump in here and tell me what you're thinking, is that like our change into womanhood truly comes with this horrific, like our body completely deserts us and tr- and turns on us and becomes this fucking horror show for a couple days a month. And I think that this movie makes a really apt, and it's ironic that it was it d- directed by a man, but I believe co-written by a female. I'm going to double check that right now. But 
I think what it's saying is that, like, at the end of the day, women do suffer this kind of, like, thing taking over them that's bigger than them, and that is your your ovulation cycle and your the menstruation. Mm-hmm. The menses. It, it, <laughs> also, it also made me appreciate that women all have this commonality, and men don't have that. That's right. You know, men don't have, like, this thing that happens to them every month that they all can say, like, oh, I completely understand, like... It takes it takes a lot of empathy and compassion for a man to be like, hey, listen, you know, you're, you're feeling crappy for the next few days. Like, I'm going to try and, you know, be nice about it. Because there's no, like, from, from a male perspective, like, you just don't understand it at all. But every single woman understands that. Right, right. And it's it, you're right. It's something that does kind of bring us together. But it's it speaks also, I think, to, like, women for some reason are always at fucking odds with each other, too. Like, you know, like, I think it's part of the reason why we have more male friends than we do female yes. friends, Jackie, <laughs> because we are very, at, like, likely to not buy into that bullshit. Yeah. And so we tend to gravitate more towards males. So what I, what I, so, okay, there's so much. There's just, I get excited. Like, I, I, <laughs> I like, I don't even know where to start. Where do you guys want to start? And yes, it was co-written by Karen Walton, who also wrote the story with the director, John Fawcett. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read my first three notes yes. that really are probably the total polar opposite opposite of things that you have written marissa okay i like the gore but right out the gate fuck you for killing a dog oh my god there's another dead dog on the field how are they playing field hockey and no one noticed the dead dog on the field come on stop killing dogs those are those are my first three notes do you want to know what my first note is what's a gaunch i mean i can (laughs) guess but (laughs) i can see your gaunch i'm like what the hell is a gaunch oh i mean i can guess but geez it's the first time i've ever heard that (laughs) all right my first two notes then for sharing the first one says complexities of sister relationships (laughs) explore explore thoroughly change equals metaphor equals period equals womanhood question mark and then outcasts versus fitting in question mark those are my first three notes for this film so we are coming at this from very different arenas i only have two more notes no i have three more really? notes i have three more notes and that's it Wait, well no honestly i was really pieces. sucked into the movie so i didn't watch oh that's it. a good thing okay. but my last three notes were bridget is really good at frowning she is this movie was awesome okay i agree Periods are gross. I can't stand women that glorify the blood. Okay, so I'm going to stop you there, and I'm going to say that the glorification of the gore is so... Oh, no, 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 I don't mean in this movie. Right, no. I I just mean, mean like, the people, like, the indie artists that, like, paint portraits with their menstruation blood, and they're like, oh, it's art. That I have a huge problem with. Okay, so I am going to say that our misogynistic society has made it so that we are to be ashamed of the blood. And you and I both know, Nate, I'm going to pretend you're not here, so I'm going to apologize, and then you can chime in and tell me if I'm right or wrong. I might understand this more than Jackie, for all you know. I don't know. I think that if men got periods, blood would suddenly be totally okay. The idea of our bodies bleeding is only one th- a thing to be shameful of and a thing to be hidden and like they do goofy shit on TV like you know pour cranberry juice on a fucking tampon because it's females that that bleed and as Mr. Garrison says men don't trust anything that bleeds for seven days and doesn't die. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, so this movie says, I'm going to take your nose and I'm going to rub it yep. in the fucking blood. And you're going to have to come to terms with the fact that this is part of, we hide this. Like, okay, but, oh but God, like, my tampon's bloody. I better wrap it in a napkin and hide it in the garbage can so my husband of 20 years doesn't see it. What about like, poop? What about it? It's waste, right? And both men and women poop. So if somebody paints a portrait with poop, can we celebrate it the same way we do it with menstrual blood? Because menstrual blood okay, is waste. Okay, so f- so I think the the celebrating menstrual blood as art but, is an extreme. But, first of all, no, but I think I think that using menstrual blood <laughs> as a medium is has much more meaning than using poop because you could you could associate way menstrual yeah, blood mean, creates life like menstruation it creates means, life. it means more poop than just is blood poop, poop is no, just but poop. the it menstruation could be garbage. that comes out of you is is that's, it's the that's waste right that's that's the waste but that's the wasted it. life it's 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 a symbol of the, exactly. the potential it's of my more, body it's much more symbolic than just poop because poop could be you could, you don't need to use poop you could use a piece of garbage you could use pee you could use any like excrement you could spit on something I, I, but like I but like menstrual blood has a lot more symbolism and i'm sorry 
Jackie. I wish I could back you up on this no, one. No, I don't. I don't mind. Nate, this is two. We're two for two today. You I'm really excited. We're no, never it's fine. Agreed. I don't. I don't mind being out. I mean, that's just how. That's personally how I, I feel. I just think that I we're taught to be ashamed of the blood, and we're taught to hide. Like now, your tampon can be compact, so you can hide it in your hand, <laughs> and nobody will know that you're on your menstruation because the bears might get you. Like that kind <laughs> of sharks bu- can <laughs> smell the, the menstruation, right? Like. That kind of yeah. bullshit mentality is so, uh, just speaks volumes to me about just how misogynistic our society is and just how females, instead of being revered for this fucking unbelievably cool magic trick we do every month, mm-hmm. have to be you know shamed what? for maybe, it. Maybe that's why I have the stance on that too, because of the whole like childbirth thing and like having kids and stuff. Well, what do you mean? Because I, I don't like children and I, do, I, <coughs> I don't like the idea of having kids and I don't think it's any sort of like cool awesome trick that we do i to me parenthood is a burden and children are burdened no that's fair so no. it's like I've so i think to i accept think that's that perspective. why and i think that's why like the whole i i think i have that whole like to me menstruation isn't jackie i think you should be an artist because i think that you have a unique view on this kind of thing i do and i'd I like to that, see what you and do I think <laughs> that you could make something crazy <laughs> With with what? No, do. I'm I'm being completely sincere here. I'm not so trying to make fun of you or anything. No, I know. I, I know. think it's hilarious. Hey, how about that scene? How about that scene where Wait. the mom is going through the laundry and she pulls out the panties oh, and they are they're soaked with blood and she's just like spray spray. spray. Oh my god, I died. I, I, <laughs> I fucking I, died. Dude, there are so many really legitimately fucking funny moments in this oh. movie. I love that the mother is has no idea what's going on, but she is like she's, she's amazing. She's fucking she's, awesome. She's such a fucking good mom, even though like it's like crazy shit that she's like getting into. She's, she's like, oh, I found a person's fucking finger. Right? Yeah, she's like, like yeah. Oh, listen, girls, yeah, you can go. run. I'll burn the house down. I still oh love God. you both. I know, and, yeah. and I fucking I, I have that as a note that she's a fascinating character, and she's literally one of the best females fucking mom characters in horror ever yeah she doesn't like fall into a a, a, like any sort of negative stereotype she fucking and like okay so i think jackie you make a really good point about this other side of the spectrum that i think i'm guilty of not seeing because i am a mother where it's almost like people treat it like if you don't have kids you're wasting your fucking you know like oh look at this magical thing you can do and you didn't do it that's bullshit and i think that it is a burden to be a parent a huge one and if you're not taking it on willingly but you're doing it because society dictates it it's deeply problematic and i also think that people get so much shit for not having kids and that's such fucking bullshit it is bullshit especially since guys like are encouraged to jerk off a hundred percent of the time (laughs) they are awake (laughs) who encourages you to jerk off a hundred percent of the time The, the like internet the entire internet is constantly telling me, hey, you should go jerk off. I think that's just the website you visit. No, it's everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere. It's everywhere. No, but I mean, like, no one would fault, like, a dude for going to jerk off. In fact, in, like, movies and stuff, they're like, oh, you got you to jerk off for a big date. It doesn't work like that, Marissa. <laughs> Refractory period is not that long. Like, it doesn't take that long for you to be ready again. If you jerked off before a date, like, it wouldn't help you at all. But if you're jerking off before a date, how long is your date going to be? Five minutes? Like, <laughs> like I don't understand like how that's going to affect your date. <laughs> I love where this conversation went. I love that this went from like a philosophical. Listen, it's not even a five. It doesn't even need to be five minutes. It can be an hour. An hour. Is that fair? I see what he's saying, though. Like, if you have a date at 7 o'clock and you're going to jerk off at 6, yeah, five, it's like, not like, like you know, yeah, help you? like, you're going to be All ready. Right, yeah, that, that it's just fair. A, it's just a joke for something about Mary. That's <laughs> why that exists. Besides, but I mean, like, I don't touch my sin cave. <laughs> my sin cave. She just rings the doorbell. But yeah. <laughs> if you ring the doorbell of your sin cave, Satan will <laughs> Satan will answer. Satan will answer if you ring the doorbell. Satan will answer. (laughs) No, but I mean, like. (laughs) That is the funniest thing. How have I never heard this? Oh, my God. Oh, you just made my forever. (laughs) All right. So getting away from my sin cave and back to. uh, I hope I never have to get away from it. (laughs) Just for now. We'll go back later. Oh, Um, thank God. That mom is fucking legit the most accurate mom I have ever seen on a fucking horror movie. Because if my daughters, because I I have two daughters and they're going to menstruate probably really close to one another. And this place is going to be like a hellhole every month when they do. Um, you guys will never want to come yeah, over. No, we're going to record at my house from yeah. now. 
<laughs> as yeah, like as a mom with with two kids, I can categorically say if I found fingers. And I was like, fuck, I think my kids killed somebody. I would burn it all down for them. Well, I would she, take the blame. I would. <laughs> well, at first she was willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. She's like, well, maybe it's one of their weird horror things that they do. Right, and then she right. digs up the body and she's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And but instead of like turning it. her kids around or anything, she's like, yo, let's get you the fuck out of here. Fuck like, out I'll give it. you as much cover as I can. Yeah. And as much as I want to believe I'd be the type of mom who's like, no, my kids will pay for their crimes. I'm not. I would fucking cover for them. Yeah. I'd be like, I did it. I fucking killed them. I would burn down the house for your kids. They, uh, like, oh, I know. They're pretty fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, I think the mom is really great. I, I absolutely love the fact that you take this traditionally very masculine form, mm. which is the werewolf, and you fucking like juxtapose it with this uber feminine thing and you get this bloody gory amazing movie i also love can we talk about the the guy and how his transformation is so much more (laughs) fucked up than hers it's oh man he gets all pimply and then he bleeds from his penis and it's (laughs) i love that you could transfer it through sex too i think that was such a great like extra oh i loved it because sex is our power like yeah. I hate to say it. Vagina I really power. do. But yeah, my vagina is a source of most of my magic in this world. It's true. <laughs> is that Vaginas are magical. I, know. I would say I'd give mine 50-50 because my boobs are pretty powerful. It's all it's all linked. I was it's really all hoping you good. were gonna go brain there for the other fifty, Jackie. No. I was really hoping you'd go brain, Who but no, you, you went to? boobs. Who are you talking to? <laughs> Have we met? Is this our first podcast? <laughs> At the end of the day, I think this movie is an absolutely brilliant look at how we still treat our periods as something to be shamed of and something to be hidden and some instead of something to be celebrated and appreciated for what it is. And every time I see a tampon commercial, I'm reminded of that. I think there's I think there's more to dig into at the end there. I think that the the fact that like when she becomes all feral and she's like feeding on like the dude and everything and the sister's like, I'm not gonna do this with you. I think there's more to read into there, but I need to think about it more. I'm not willing to like. I like feel like I need to watch the movie again. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, the one thing I didn't like about this movie Ooh, is okay. it, it could have used more money. It really could have used mm, more money. That's fair. Like like any time there was creature effects or anything, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. it totally ripped me out because everything like the werewolves look bad. You know, the the gore and stuff is fine. That's true. The gore and stuff is fine, but anytime like they had a creature on the on the screen, I was like, oh, that's a dumb fucking rubber whatever, and it looks stupid, and I don't like it. I hope I'm not wrong, and I hope there wasn't any weird creepy undertone, but I really liked the relationship between Bridget. And the drug dealer guy. Yes, me like, too. Like I like that there and was that a male, like a male and female relationship that wasn't based on sex. It wasn't sexual. And at all. as a girl, as a female that was raised with all boys, like my first female cousin did not come along until I was about ten years old. So I was raised with all boys. Someone that has just consistently had more male friends than female friends, and I've had. I'm going to go ahead and air quote society question me on like well like you know men and women can't be friends without one or the other wanting to have sex and as someone that has had countless platonic relationships with men i loved that there was a platonic relationship even with him being older and her being younger it wasn't about that but do you know what i mean like there was there was it was a because repre- a platonic really male female relationship that had nothing to do with sex that had nothing to do with attraction i, I liked think, that i, I, I was happy that, to see uh, that well i think that because there are a lot of times in male female relationships even if it's unsaid i think there is i think there is that 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 uh back and forth it's just not acted upon but i mean there there's definitely situations where like it's everyone like both parties are closer to the middle and they're not like pushing like for that relationship stuff, and it can work. But I think that that's, I, I'm sorry, Jackie, but I think that's that's more the exception than the rule. It's fair enough. Yeah, I, agree. I think I think that a lot of male female relationships yeah, are this, are unbalanced in in a lot of ways. But I think that it, I think definitely you're right. There 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 are totally like platonic male female relationships, and they should be shown more in media so that people will stop thinking there needs to be like some like final stage of this relationship or something. You can't just be friends with another person because like, despite the fact that you have different sets of genitalia. I, and I think it's interesting that Ginger continues to push for the sexuality of that relationship Mm -hmm. and constantly accuses both sides 
of inappropriateness because I think it speaks to the big divide between them, which is that Bridget is still innocent in a way that Ginger is no longer. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if the movie's saying that it is getting our period that kind of takes away that innocence for us and kind of makes us... Because, like, before she gets her period and uh, becomes a werewolf, she's all about not fitting in and telling society to go fuck itself. The second she gets bitten she walks into school the next day in a short skirt and wants everybody to look at her so it's like it's it's almost like suggesting that she kind of does want to be like everybody else she wants that attention she craves that she prided herself on being a 15 year old or 16 year old without her period that hadn't gotten her period until she got her period right and then she became just like everybody exactly. else and she's normal you know quote unquote normal right. she's just like the rest of us because and no matter normal no, i was just going to say that like no matter what you think or how you dress, if you're the goth or the jock or the whatever, when you're a woman, when you're a girl in high school, no matter what class you fall into, no matter what group, there is one unifying thing about all of us girls in high school. We're all going to get our period. That's right. So no matter who you are, it doesn't matter who you hang out with, who you hate, who you like, who you don't like. We're all getting our period. So we're all in that same group. And when she becomes part of the group when she finally starts to fit in she turns into a monster both metaphorically and literally mm -hmm. and i think that bridget has been victimized by her yeah throughout their entire relationship mm -hmm. and at the end to me the, the, one of the most beautiful things about the ending is that like so many sibling relationships like you kind of eventually get to the point where you realize you're both going down very different paths and you're both kind of in different worlds and and sometimes that comes with certain sacrifices and and i think there's something incredibly beautiful about like the way that bridget stays very true to herself in a way that ginger loses control of and becomes this like asshole and it's like she almost like yeah like you're right the one thing that binds us all is our period but we're uh, it's also like the sexuality of it all and the, the want to be desired like i remember being in high school and so badly wanting boys to look at me mm -hmm. and i'm not proud of that like as a feminist you know 25 years later but it's it's the truth it's the reality and 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 it's it's a part of that process but we do kind of like i was the biggest bitchiest version of myself when i was in my <laughs> teens i was like i did fucked up things that i would never do now and I think that to some extent, while we are going through that pu the changes, if you will, <laughs> the, the changes. you know, like we, the worst, monstrous, most horrific part of ourselves come out for just a little bit and yeah. they play. And then hopefully if you're a good person, they go away and they, they get themselves in check. My theory. Know, I'd like to say that I was not the opposite. I was definitely I the same as you. I like I, see, I became a complete asshole. As soon as like I started noticing girls and the wiener started moving of its own accord, like <laughs> I became a giant asshole. Yeah, me too. These I, boobs grew in, and I went for no, it. No, that's the thing. Like in, I think it was probably the summer between seventh and eighth grade. I went to bed in a training bra and I woke up the next day with a B cup. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, like like oh. honestly, like if you look at my class picture from eighth grade. I have giant boobs for being an eighth grader. So Aww, like that so whole hard. like, yeah, like I've never had to like want for people to look because they've always looked. Obviously, I definitely had those moments of like, I'm going to try to be sexy because, you right. know, you're, you know, right. blossoming teenager and hormones. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like I said, like I was like one of the few girls in eighth grade that like when I got boobs, like I got Boom. Oh yes, serious yeah. boobs. I got some. I got yeah, some. See, that's an boobs. interesting. Yeah, yes. no, not me. I got like little tiny, little A's, and they stayed A's for a long while. <laughs> really, having children was what really upped the ante for nice. me in the boob arena. <laughs> um, <laughs> now they're all National Geographic. -y. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> can I can I throw a shout out to the scarf party towards the end when when <laughs> scarf. <laughs> when when Bridget is like trying to get to where Ginger is oh, and her mom so picks her up awkward. and her mom picks her up in the minivan there's a car full of people in front of mom's minivan just shaking scarfs outside of the windows going woo and I'm like what is this what is going on in this car <laughs> everyone has different scarves and they're shaking them out the window I didn't even notice that why uh, did I notice that that's all I could pay attention to oh in that God. one scene <laughs> no, I was like ooh I, scarf party I was like cringing for Bridget in the party scene like it, she couldn't even like walk through the party without it being uncomfortable like mm -hmm. it was like she was just so painfully awkward and like I just wanted to hug her every time she was on screen like i also uh, want to throw a shout out to the kid uh in one scene uh in the school who's dressed up as luigi 
who's got a yes. green shirt and Oshkosh Bigasho. And I'm like, yo, Luigi goes to this school, word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I think that as much as I did like this movie, in, in high school, I was definitely, I was ginger. I was, I was a post-werewolf bite ginger. I was never shy. I was never introverted. I have always been the extroverted one. So I was, I was definitely, I was a ginger in high school. I wouldn't say I was slutty. After how the, just they become so opposite because suddenly, you know, they're wearing the baggy clothes. They're not talking to anybody. They're just together. They're very introverted. It's very them. And then she gets bit and then suddenly it's like, hey, look at me. So I didn't relate to Bridget in that way, but, but I liked it. I, I liked her character. Like I liked, I liked that they became so opposite. Yeah, and I think that they represent two very, like, getting back to my theory about this movie being about duality, like, there, there's a Bridget and a, and a Ginger in all of us, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and I think that it's an interesting kind of play on the extremes of the characterization, and, like, I don't know, I, I don't think I necessarily relate to either of these very well, um... I was certainly not the coolest kid in high school. I know that's shocking to hear, but I definitely had my moment in college where I was probably too popular for my own good and probably too quick to, to flaunt it. Um, but I, I also don't regret those times. I think that yeah. it's it's good for women to go, and men, I think it's important that you go through those stages where you're like a little bit of a ginger and then you're a little bit of a rigid. It's definitely and, cool you know, to like, be both. I think it's so too. It's definitely cool. It's okay to be both and you got to find who you are and that's the time you're supposed to find it. I feel like I've been a Bridget for my entire life. No and, way. You're and so it's full only, of shit. And it's only like starting to balance out in the last few years where i'm like okay like you can be a bridget but just like chill it out sometimes dude <laughs> like you don't always need to be you know taking photos of dead animals and and and, and arranging yourself like a corpse all <laughs> over the place you can be a normal person every once in a while every once in a while i don't know i hear those high school stories i'm not sure if i buy into yeah. that nate don't talk about me i'm going <laughs> Um, anything else for Ginger Schnaps? That's everything that I have. I fucking love this movie. This was good. I can't wait to watch the rest of them. No, I'm not excited for more. I am. Because I feel like all the good ideas are always in the first one. Because there's like six Halloween movies, too, if you really want to get into it. And I, I guarantee you that <laughs> none of the even. other ones are good. I guarantee you that none of the other ones like have like this like we this is a really good episode I think because we've had a lot to talk about like on the subtext of these movies yeah um so I'm ready to wrap up what about you guys yeah, yeah. wrap it up like a Christmas present oh I thought you were gonna say like a like a condom around a penis if that's where we were going with that no that's oh man that nurse that I love that there was a there was a whole <laughs> menstruation like tutorial in the middle yes. like this is and here's some condoms. But that is exactly what fucking happens. Like, well, no, schools. I already had health. I already had health class in school. Fucking hell. So it was, it was great that the ex the, the the exposition in Ginger Snaps was. This is what happens when a woman has her period, and then it's like ten minutes of the movie of someone to, like it's explaining amazing. to me a thirty-seven year old what a period is. That's exa- <laughs> I was I was really lucky in that I had a crazy hip post you know hippie times mother who literally made me a cake when I got my period, Aww. and it said congratulations you're a woman, and I planned to do that for my girls. They're probably gonna hate it, but and like she was so cool about it, and like it was always such an open and natural like cool. Th- I never realized how like shameful society makes periods until i like got it and went out in the real world because my mom was always so cool about it so i oh, know i felt the shame yeah you i felt did. the shame yeah, in my family sh- for um, anything anything relationship really? sexual sexuality any of that stuff was no. like let's not talk about that oh my god i like don't my you mom after I had sex. don't you have school there's a show black lightning on this show this girl tells her parents Hey, I'm gonna go have sex with my boyfriend on Saturday, and they're like, "Uh, okay." <laughs> like, I'm like, "This is the world we live in now." It's just like, "Yeah, this is what I'm doing Saturday." That's I'm gonna go, what I want. I'm gonna get a hotel room. And I'm gonna bang my boyfriend for the first time. So, just want to give you guys a heads up. <laughs> and I'm like, I oh, remember calling, not like right <laughs> after that, but like I remember calling my mom the next day after I lost my virginity to like make the big announcement like that's just how our relationship was i i always promise and like when when i was thinking about having sex for the first time i went to her and she like encouraged me to go to a clinic like put me on the pill like we were that was just how we that's rolled cool. and like that's how i want to be with the girls like matt i mean 
you know, I'm not going to be like, here, girls, have some condoms. I encourage you to go have sex. But, you know, like, I, I want them to feel like they can come to me about stuff like that, and I'm not going to overreact. And I, I would love for them to be like, hey, I think I'm going to have sex, because I'd be like, okay, you know, well, like. You got you to get out in front of it then, because they're not going to assume that you're going to want to be a part of that at all. Oh, yeah, no, I already <laughs> am. I already am that mom who, like, it, I feel like my kids know shit that a lot of parents won't tell their kids yet. I'm not going to fucking lie about things. Like, you know, if they ask, I tell them. Vaginas. For better or for worse. Go ahead. Any more vagina talk? No. No, this is a great vagina episode. This is a very <laughs> vagina episode. Two, two, gir- two, two girls, vaginas. One, two girls, one Nate. <laughs> oh, shit. Wow. <laughs> two girls, one Nate. <laughs> this episode. This episode. Does is that like mean you guys are going to, like, poop on me and yes. then yes. the poop Actually, all that's me? exactly yep. what's going to happen. And oh, then no. Jack, he's going to make art out of it. Yes, and then I'm going to paint pictures with poop. No, it, no, I told you poop is not like a... <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It's, this is two girls, one Nate. It's too late. Yeah. yeah, no, you have no choice. All right, we'll pee instead. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I will throw up on you. <laughs> so we hope you have enjoyed our werewolf episode. Ow, ow. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> Talk about werewolves. <laughs> so don't forget to check us out on social media. Just search Jersey Ghouls, and you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on YouTube. You can find our podcast on SoundCloud and on iTunes, and you can always, always, always find our podcast, our reviews, and our blog on our website, jerseyghouls.com. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.